In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, this world is dying, and everything in it is coming to an end. And it's not only Christians who believe this, it's actually, in fact, many religions and scientists and astrologers believe this too. The world is not going to last forever, and this is one of the few things that we can all agree upon. And you see this as every side predicts the end of the world. Misguided and poorly catechized Christians interpret the signs of the age, while highly educated scientists predict that either a supernova explosion or an asteroid impact or some super volcanic eruption is going to end all of human life and existence as we know it. Every year, there's someone saying that the world is going to come to an end. And so just to give you an idea of how often this happens and how kind of obsessed the world is with, with uh, the end of the world, listen to this. Uh, since 1987, the year I was born, the world was supposed to have ended 43 times already. And I'm only 31 years old, so that's more ends of the world than birthdays that I've had. And if you look back through all of history, there have been hundreds and upon hundreds of predictions that the world is going to end, and none of them have been true. Not one. Those who try and tell you when the world will end are false prophets, and don't listen to them. In fact, God hates predictions concerning the end of the world and when it's going to end. And the question is why? Well, first of all, it's because Jesus himself said these very words in Matthew 24 concerning that day and hour, no one knows. And again, God says the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night and then the heavens will pass away. Jesus' disciples even asked him specifically about the end of the world, saying, Teacher, when will these things begin to happen, and what will be the sign that they're about to take place? And Jesus himself says, See that you're not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not follow them. So God not only hates these predictions because they disregard his word and they're false, but also because they lead people astray. When Jesus says don't follow them, it's because he knows that many are going to follow them. Many are going to follow uh, fanatically what they say. And this is a problem. So think about it. Whenever someone breaks a promise to you, you begin to trust that person less and less. And with every broken promise, your trust in them deteriorates. And now when pastors are supposed to be experts in the word of God and when they go off and make false predictions in books or in sermons, it not only harms people's faith in that pastor, it harms their faith in God. And the more and more you hear these false predictions, the more and more you become desensitized and indifferent to it all. You hear these warnings that the world is going to end and they pass through one ear and out the other. When it comes to the end of the world, you don't give it a second thought anymore. It's not a big deal. You become numb to the entire idea that this whole world is coming to an end. And maybe that's what happened to you today when you heard the gospel reading for today. Maybe you heard of this destruction of the end of the world and thought nothing of it. Had no consternation in you, no distress because it's probably not going to happen. You stop thinking about the last day of this world and the last day of your life. 
thinking that it's never going to actually happen. And if it does, it's so far away that it doesn't affect me here and now. So why even think about it? Well, I'm here today to reveal not when the world will end, but to remind you that it will. The world and everything in it will end. And because this world will end, so will you. Everything you are, everything you have, everything you wish to become will come to an end. There will come a day when your heart will stop beating. There will come a day when your lungs will stop breathing. There will come a day when your mind stops thinking, no longer does what it's supposed to do. There will come a day when your body will become lifeless. The body that you walk around in, have feelings and emotions in, and that you do things with will become lifeless and decompose and turn back into dust. I don't know when that's going to happen. It could be in a day, or it could be in a thousand days. But all I know is that it will happen. And deep down inside, you do too. So what do you do with this information? What do you do knowing that there's this impending doom that you cannot escape, that there's nothing in the world you can possibly do to get out of this? How do you react? The first way to react is to respond like many do in this world. Listen to the text again, what Jesus says. That there will be signs and sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and of the waves, the people fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So when people are confronted with the reality that there's their life, that this world is coming to an end, they become distressed. When nations are rising against nations in war, they become, they, they have so much grief and sorrow over this. When oceans uh, rise out of the ocean onto the land, wiping out entire cities, when hurricanes leave states desolate and people with nothing, when the earth opens its mouth and swallows up hundreds of people in an instant, people run to the hills and they bury their heads in the sand. When the doctor walks in, and says, you only have months to live. When he says that your disease cannot be treated. When he says that your condition is inoperable. Many respond with profound terror and anguish. When the world sees the end coming near. They become so filled with heartache and despair. Just at the thought of the poor and miserable condition that we're in. The truth is we see this stuff all around us. We see it in the news. In fact, our phones remind us that this world is tearing at the seams with every notification and every, uh, everything that comes up. How does everyone respond? They try to ignore it. They move on with their day like nothing. They weigh themselves down with dissipation and drunkenness. They take their mind off of the misery of this life with promiscuity or lawlessness. They numb themselves to the sadness by pumping their bodies full of toxins and drinking away their consciousness. They mindlessly entertain themselves with drivel. They squander their money on things that they don't need, that moth and rust destroy. They fill their lives with so much, 
stuff of this world that they don't have time to think about reality, time to think about the truth, time to think about life and death. Simply put, the world goes on living by this creed, let's eat, let's drink, and let's be merry, for tomorrow we die. And to be honest, I kind of get this. I get it. That's actually a reasonable response to the world, or of the world. That response of dread. How else should the world respond except with fear when they hear these things? In their mind, if the world is all that exists, and they see this world collapsing before their very eyes, how else are they supposed to respond? If there is no God, if there was no God, then I would respond in the same exact way. If nature and material and the material world is all that existed, then why try? Why do good? Why care? Why love? Why sacrifice? Why do anything for anyone else? If it's all meaningless and coming to a screeching halt, then why? Why do a thing? So you might as well enjoy this little life that you have before it withers and fades. So that's the first way to respond. First way to respond when you hear these things, when the world is coming to an end, and when your life will end. But the second way is nothing like it. When you see the sun and moon grow dark and stars fall from the heavens, see pestilence and disease infect this world, when you see fire and water wreak havoc on us, when you see heaven and earth collide, wars and rumors of wars, rebellion and discord, false doctrine and lies, you too are seeing this world collapse. When you see all of this happen, you're watching this world cave in on itself and all of wickedness burn throughout the world. This world must be destroyed and this world and everything in it must come to an end. This world must shrivel up and turn to dust. But when you see these things happen, what are you supposed to do? Jesus, your dear Lord, says, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift your head because your redemption is drawing near. As all of these things come to an end, remember that your suffering and sorrow and sadness are coming to an end as well. When the terrors of this world are wearing you down, what does Jesus tell you to do? He tells you to look up, to look up to his holy cross and remember that the redemption he won for you there is coming for you, is drawing near. When you see all of these things, you don't hide your face and bury your head in the sand. You joyfully lift up your head and you say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. So even as the the ground you walk on on this earth begins to crumble beneath your feet, God's word is your rock and your foundation. This entire planet is going to be moved, but his word, it will not. Instead of falling into indifference and despair, you put your faith in God's word knowing that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word is not going to. It never will. Even as the earth quakes at the coming of Christ, even as the sun and the moon and the stars hide their face, even as the world scurries away in fear, you will lift up your head because you will not be shaken. You fight off every single shred and hint of despair with God's word, knowing that the redemption that you need so much is drawing near. He's coming to be the Savior He promised to be. He's coming to deliver you from this poor and miserable life of shame and pain. 
He's coming to give you the redemption his wounds earned for you. The salvation that the blood he spilled promised you and sealed for you. He's coming for you with the grace and a mercy as he first did when he laid himself into a manger. He's coming to separate you from the devil and all hell and all pain and sadness. To take you to your dear father in heaven. So, if anyone is to be afraid, let it be those who no longer believe. Let it be those who turned their back on God. Let it be those who walked away from their baptism, who closed their ears to his word, who shut their mouths to his supper. If anyone is to be afraid of the second advent of Christ, let it be those who love their sin more than the Son, who love the world more than his word they will only have an angry judge above them, the jaws of hell beneath them, their sins to their right and the devil to their left and a burning world before them. Let them be afraid who refuse to trust in the forgiveness of Christ, who made themselves busy with all other things except for his word. But you shouldn't be afraid. You should rejoice because re your redemption is drawing near. Christ wants to impress these loving and eternal words upon your heart. He wants you to remember that even as the world faints in fear, you should be strengthened in faith. When you see disaster upon disaster all around you, you run back to the word of God. You run back to his church and you repent. As this world crumbles and falls apart and tearing at the seams, it will take with it your possessions and your income, your house, your clothing and your food, your good name, your reputation. When death comes to pry out everything from your hands that you've ever held, remember that it will take it all away. But the one thing it can't take away from you is the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy, the eternal life, the love that God has for you in Christ. So seek the treasure of his word before all things. Don't weigh yourself down with dissipation and drunkenness, but stay awake at all times, praying that God would grant you strength to face the difficult days ahead. So don't busy yourself trying to figure out when he's going to return. Trust and know that he will. Pray and be watchful. Go to church and receive his word. Cling to the word he's spoken to you. His word is your consolation now in these days. And it will be your consolation forever. So dear saints, how much longer do you have? How much more life do you have in you? How many more days are left on this calendar? I don't know. And neither does anyone else. But what I do know is what he said. Jesus might come back today and he might not. But whenever he does come back, he will come with the power to resurrect you from the grave. He will come with the power to wipe away all of your tears. He will come with the power and the glory and the majesty, all that he has to give you an unspeakable joy to cover you with a weight of unending and undying glory that even the worst sufferings of this life are not even worth comparing to. He will come with all of this in his hands for you. When he comes again, he will come with the power to break apart your grave as death bows its knee to its master. As death opens its jaws and lets go of every Christian's body for eternal life. 
So it doesn't matter when Jesus will return because whenever he does return, he will do exactly what he promised to do. He'll do it for you. He will come to bring you into his kingdom as his kingdom comes to you. Because that's what he came first to this world to do. Whenever the end of your life is, whenever your last day is, Jesus has promised that he will be there waiting to receive you into his eternal dwellings. He's promised that his children who close their eyes in death in this life will open their eyes to see the, the face of their dear father in heaven. Those who breathe their last with faith in him will be crowned with glory forever. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what sorrow you carry in your heart, no matter what weighs you down, no matter what impending doom is, is causing you fear, no matter what tomorrow holds, lift up your head. Lift up your head and you rejoice because your redemption is drawing near. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.